All right, we are in week two of unwrapping Christmas. We um, started last week looking at the story of of Joseph. This series, unwrapping Christmas, uh, it's the characters that you always see in the nativity scenes, and and you always hear them as part of the story, but. We don't always focus on them as why are they in the story? Why Joseph? Why the shepherds? Why the wise men? Why whoever? Now, the truth is that they submitted their lives to something much, much bigger than themselves. And they allowed God to show himself. And their story became so much bigger and so much greater than what it, what, what it would have ever been on their own. Last week I said we looked at Joseph, not Joseph and, you know, and Israel and Egypt and way back when. No, another Joseph. <laughs> Joseph, Mary's husband. Um, he, he figured that, that life didn't quite look the way that he'd planned. That things were going wrong before they even, even started going right. And... Um, he also realized that none of this to God of God. He knew what was happening from the start. He had a plan. There was no plan B. It was just God's plan. And as he formed part of it, I, I loved, we made this joke when we were prepping. We said, as Joe said, if, what if Joe said no? Joe never, never said no. He, um, he said yes. And he became part of God's story, and he formed part and played his part and lived out his purpose in plan A, because it's God's plan. So this week, we go on to a next set of characters. These guys were the shepherds. Now, I don't know if you've ever asked yourself, why shepherds? They are seen as the guys, if you look, if you think for a moment at the nativity scenes, you see the guy with the... Um, with a stick with a curl in it, holding a, usually a lamb. They're not just there for aesthetic beauty, all right? They're a very, very important part of this narrative. I want to read you in Luke 2, um, from verse 8. Um, it should come up on the screen. You can follow me. And let's hear where these guys fit into all of this. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I will bring you good news that will bring you great joy, or that will bring great joy to all, to all people. The Savior Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a boy wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, laying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those who with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven 
the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a manger. After seeing the shepherds, after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds told, uh, all who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. So, here we have average, every, everyday guys who, I mean, they blue-collar sheep herders, okay? In all probability, the sheep they looked after weren't even their own sheep. They were stationed outside of Bethlehem. In other words, um, they were probably taking care of the high priest's sheep. The high priest's sheep were um, used for temple services, which is just a nice euphemism for um, they were the sacrificial lambs, all right? That, that was their job, you know, um, used for temple services, all right? And so there we have these guys. They smell like grass. They smell like sheep. They sleep in the fields. And yet God decides, these are the guys. I want to tell them first about the fact that my son is born. Not the high priest who they work for. No, no. No, the sheep herders. Not, not the wise men. They only, figured it, they only figured it out later. All right? They had some figuring out to do. All right? The guys who hears the news first is the sheep herders. All right? The common men, the lowliest social group, they get to hear that the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord, the hope for all the world is born today. John explains it to us this way. In John 1, from verse 10, it says the following. It says, He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting in human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. That's how it happened. Jesus was born to commoners, and he's first shown to commoners. That gives us hope, doesn't it? We have a chance here. <laughs> it's not the royalty that got it first. It's not the rich guys that got it first. It's not the guys in government that got it first. Now Jesus is saying, God's saying through this announcement that everyone is invited. Come be a part of the story. Jesus' birth is, is really, it's, it's announced to two distinct groups of people. The wise men gets it second. They're from the east. They are probably rich and royal and live in palaces and have all that. But they're from far away and from a distant land. And then among his own, among his own people, the shepherds get it. And like I said, they smelled like sweat, grass, and sheep. 
and they slept in fields. And God said, these are the ones I want to tell first. And through this birth announcement, God is communicating that he's stepping into everyday reality. Nobody is too far removed from him. We all have a chance. We're all invited to the story. Everyone, regardless of who you think you are, regardless of who you think you are not, you are invited to the story, the redemption story of the Savior, the Messiah, the Lord. It's so cool that Jesus wasn't born in a palace because if he was born in a palace, you'd need an invite to go and see the baby. If you're born in a stable, things are a little different, all right? You don't need specific gifts to get in. Anybody can get in. Just think of what God's communicating to us. We don't need special gifts. We don't need special birthrights. We are all invited into the story. Your credentials are great. My credentials are perfect. And that's what God's communicating to us here today. What was their entry in? Was their faith. They said it, let's go. We believe that God has just told us this has happened. And we hold on to that truth and we go. So faith was their entry into the story. And we all have a little bit of that, don't we? So faith is our entry into God's redemption story. It's as simple as that. Now, having settled that, the angel, he warned them against something. He, he warned them against the one thing that could rob them of their entry into God's story. When he said, or when he reassured them of this, don't be afraid. Fear is the one thing that can rob God's promises from our hearts. Over and over and over again. And is it because fear is so strong? No. No, it's because we allow it. Fear is no strength. But we tend to focus on the wonderful living God. No. Fear. We, 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 tend, to, we tend to focus on everything that can go wrong rather than the one thing that has always gone right. We're back at Joseph's story. Lord, stuff is going wrong. Um, you know, do you have a second plan on this? Do you have a second idea on this? I was like, yeah, the original one. <laughs> We're still at that. We're still going through that. So there's a great opportunity here for, for you and me to experience God's promise firsthand, like the shepherds had. They were told there's a great chance here for you to experience God's story, God's promise, the promise of a Messiah, a Savior, a King. Firsthand, what do you have to do? Don't be afraid. You see, suddenly, it's hard to understand this because we don't have angels appearing in meadows. I haven't had that, all right? And then if that's not bad enough, 
this big scary, and I say big scary angel because wherever you read in the Bible, the first thing that they say, that, that an angel, it's like, how do you know you've met an angel? The first thing he said to you is, don't be afraid. All right? This is the common thread of angels. All right? Don't be afraid. Why? Because they're big and scary. Okay? Not scary bad. Just scary. Okay? Then secondly, the next moment, heaven bursts into song. Do you think they had reason to be afraid? Do you think they had reason to go, wow, that was amazing? Let's stick around. Yeah, they had just seen something amazing. But God's saying, I have more, but you have to make a decision and go. I've shown you this amazing thing, but if you want to see even more, you have a choice to make in this. And what are you going to have to fight? Your fear. You see, fear will steal what God has promised. Once again, not because it's so strong. Not because we can't resist it. But because we choose to focus on fear. And not the wonder of the living God. How often do we miss out in our lives? Because we decide to focus on fear. Rather than the wonder of the living God. We focus on fear because we're afraid of the unknown and we're afraid of the future. Uh, this is the end of the year. And so we're scared of what's ending. And then the new year is starting and we're scared of what's new, about, of the changes that's going to happen. And then somebody tells you, oh, yeah, it's an election year. You're like, oh, more change. What's going to happen? How's it going to happen? When's it going to happen? You might be sitting there and going, yeah, that, thank you for letting me know about that. I was just stressing about Christmas Day, you know. <laughs> Spending a whole day with the family, that's scary enough, you know. And we fear all these things that we can... So let me ask, let me, ask me this question. If I know the answers, how does that change anything? If I know the answers to my fears, how does that change anything? I still have to go through them. So I can just face them with God on my side, with the wonder of him, and watch him turn it to his glory. But we tend to hang out around fear. Now, you might be saying, I need some of that wonder. Now, for that to happen, this is step one. Step one is a relationship, a relationship with God, a relationship with Jesus. Jesus doesn't come up to his followers or let's say those first fishermen, walk up to them and say, how's it guys, I'm Jesus. Um, I, uh, I want you today to go out and tell people about me. Um, go, and, go and heal the sick, go and cast out some demons. They would have stood up and gone, who are you? No, the first thing Jesus says to us is, come, follow me. Let's build some relationship. And then on that basis, he says to them, now you guys go out two by two and go tell people what you've seen. Go tell people about the wonder of God and watch miracles happen. It starts in relationship. 
follow me. You see, for fear to be drowned out by the truth of a promise, we first have to hear the truth of the promise. And for us to hear the truth of the promise, we need to be part of a conversation. Because fear dies in conversation with God. And too often, we think of faith, when we think of faith, we think we, that we need an angel. You know, Lord, I trust you, but it'd be nice to have an angel just come confirm it. Lord, 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 I trust you, but, you know, maybe acquire just, you know, just, you know, as confirmation. You know, for others, it's like we need writing on the wall. For others, it's like somewhere in the Bible, there was a promise and there was a rainbow. I'd like one of those. All right. Good luck with the animals in two by two. All right. My question to us this morning is, do we miss God daily in plain sight because we only expect to see him in the spectacular? Do we miss God daily in plain sight because we only expect to see him in the spectacular? Now, Jesus said to his disciples just before he went to heaven and, and in effect said to us, go and do my will and I will be with you till the end of the age. Some translation, I will be with you always. And we're like, Jesus, I will really know that you're with me when the angel says that you're with me or when the choir sings or when the rainbow happens. We have the promise. It's, it's, it's signed, sealed, and delivered. And yet we miss it. Why? Because fear is big and we make it bigger than what it is. And yes, I know, I live in the same world that you do. All right. I want to show you a quick little video that really illustrates the stuff that we walk by every day and that we miss the wonder of these things. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask for some grace from all of you good folks. Um, excuse the language. Eh? Haven't you ever wanted to be at a church service where they said, please excuse the language? <laughs> but for the next three minutes, please excuse the language. And I'll explain why in a minute. You guys can go for it. One night I was bored in my apartment and decided to take my telescope out to the sidewalk. The moon was out and I thought, why not? Within a few minutes, people started walking over and asking what this thing was. What is that, bro? It's a telescope. Do you want to check out the moon? Do you want to take a look at the moon? What is it? It's the moon. Where am I supposed to look? You're supposed to look right here. Oh, indeed. Yeah. <laughs> That's where it all started, and it just sort of went from there. I'm looking at the moon. Hold on, okay, hold on. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. I can't believe it. Oh, oh my God. Oh my God. No way. No way. No way. That's the moon? No way. Yeah, way. <laughs> no. Whoa, you can see the craters. Yeah. yeah. That is so cool. <laughs> oh, that's it. Get closer, get closer, get closer. Get wider. Whoa. 
What? 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 Look at the edge. I want to see more of it. I've never seen this before. I've never seen this before like this, man. Wow, that is intense right there, boy. Woo, bro, that looks like that's right down the street, man. <laughs> man, what you got here, man? That looks like that's right down the street. Yeah, isn't that amazing? It's right. Is that an actual image of the moon? Is it like a live image? It's that right there. be able to see it up close and feel like you could almost reach out and touch it. And that's what makes it real to us. That is incredible. I kind of felt like I just landed on the moon. <laughs> it makes you realize that we are all on a small little planet and we all have the same reaction to the universe we live in. Wow. Whoa. Wow. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, wow. I think there's something special about that, something unifying. It's a great reminder that we should look up more often. There's a couple of comments in there that I love. The one guy is just, just hold on, I'm, I'm just looking at the moon. I love that. And then the other guy who's like, is that an actual image of the moon or? He's like, yeah, it's right, it's right there. Um, you're looking at it right there. And I'm sorry if you're offended at the people's language, but can I be honest? When we take a, a moment and, and just look at the wonder and the beauty of our loved ones. If we just take a moment and, and we look at the intricacy and, and the sophistication of God's creation, I don't know if there's a more honest reaction than, oh my God. It's supposed to come up from inside of you because he made it. He stuck it up there. We should go wow. And everything God created should teach us to look up at him more often. Now I know you're thinking, these shepherds, they got a wow moment. They got an oh my goodness moment, all right? Um, so what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say up until that point, their lives were pretty ordinary, but, they might have just missed it. These guys were taking care of sheep. They were sleeping outside, outside the city, going about their daily business. And God uses that, their story, going about their daily business, sleeping out in the field, and he says, everybody is invited. I think that gives a little bit of significance to their everyday story. Then, what do they take care of? Sheep. Whose sheep? The high priest's sheep. What are they important for? They are the sacrificial lambs. 
that is used in the temple. And here, the guys who take care of the sacrificial lambs that is symbolic of a Messiah to come gets invited. Do you guys want to see the, the real thing? Do you, want, do you guys want to see the Lord, the Savior, the Messiah, the one you are, you are the keepers of a promise? Do you want to see the promise in real life? The last sacrifice that will ever be needed. The one that doesn't just come to cover sin. The one who comes to wash away sin. The hope of humanity. Another little thing that we often just read over because we've seen the nativity scene so much. That day in Bethlehem, do you think Jesus was the only baby born? No. That's extremely unlikely. Jesus was just one of many babies born in Bethlehem on that day. I love how the angel says, and there will be the sign. There will be many babies, but how will you know him? Well, it's the one that's in a stable, sleeping in a manger, wrapped in strips of cloth. And God says, I will use these common, everyday, unlikely things. To show you the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus was in everyday things, revealed to those who sought him out. He was like, I would like to enter into this conversation. I would like to be, let's go see this thing that God has told us about. And that's how our ordinary lives become extraordinary. That's how our everyday becomes things that the world reads and goes, wow. You see, do we just track through, through life and miss out on all the wonder God has placed in it? Or do we engage in that heavenly conversation where we get to see the author of all creation where we get to see the spectacular in the everyday. Where we get to see the supernatural in the natural, in ourselves. Where we get to see Emmanuel, God, with us. So may these simple shepherds, as the band comes up, sorry guys, may these simple shepherds challenge us to remember a few things. To remember the fact that God is for all of us. And that all of us are invited into his redemption story. You see, our fear will stop us. Our fear will hinder us. Our fear will impede our judgment. It will steal from us to be a part of God's redemption story. And it will, ex- it will steal our experience of God and everything, every single day. The challenge this morning is that we look for God in the everyday, that we engage in that heavenly conversation, and that the everyday things become the supernatural. 
That's why Jesus came to be Emmanuel, God with us, to make every day special. And I know special is just such a not special word for what I'm trying to say. So may we live our lives being reminded to look up and say with the angels, as Luke 2.14 says, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth with those with whom God is pleased. I'd like to pray with us all. And just ask the Lord to, to open our eyes for us to see Him in our everyday. So that every day becomes His day, becomes a special day, becomes the thing that we look forward to. Father God, I thank You for using the simple things of this world, Lord, to reveal Yourself. Lord, so that we may know that we are invited. It's not the ones with special talents. Lord, it's, it's not the ones with special gifts. It's not the ones with special privilege. It is all of us, Father God. Lord, and we thank you that we can enter into conversation and relationship with you, Father God. Lord, I thank you that, Lord, that invitation that you extended to your disciples is open to each and every one of us here today for us to come and follow you, Father God. Lord, and as we engage in that simple, simple invitation, Lord, you will make every day your day an incredible day because we may know that God is with us. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your grace. And we thank you that we get to be a part of what you are doing, Father God. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. If you'd like for us to pray over anything specific, we are going to be up here for a few minutes. And we'd love to pray with you. If God has stirred something in your heart, please have a cup of coffee with us. I, I smell blue voice rolls. I don't know if it's for you guys. It might be, might be for someone else. But join us. Have a lack of Sunday. Have a lack of festive season. As Ramon said, the, the office is closed, so I might not see you again. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year for you guys. And um, pray God's blessing over you, all of you, in this festive season. Lord, we thank you for every single one here today, Lord. And we just pray your blessing over every single one here today, Father God. Will you take care of families? Will you bless them over this festive season? Will you take care of them on the roads, Father God? Will you help them where finances are tough, where relationships are tough, Lord? Will you just speak your word into those tough situations, Father God? Lord, will you come and bring the release that they are holding on to you for, Father God? We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Enjoy your Sunday.